Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for showing up this Thursday morning. Uh, sorry for the change up. Um, it, uh, most of us know, <laughs> I would think, um, that the uh, hearings are beginning tonight on the January 6th stuff. So I felt drawn to at least uh, watch it and, and then, of course, watch my own reactions to it. <laughs> and then hopefully ask Jesus for help as I'm watching it. Um, and it, it really, uh, it becomes a classroom like everything is a classroom. A lot of hearings this week. There were hearings um, at, on the, at the House uh, in D.C. on the, on the Udalvi, Udalvi, however they say it, shootings. Um, a lot of the families and the, the little girl who covered herself in blood showed up. and Oh, my God. <laughs> It was intense. I mean, you can't watch that stuff. Whatever side of the political fence you're on, it was something. So, so dealing with that, asking asking Jesus for help, how to look at that the way He does, um, is it, part of the. I think the process that the course is trying to get us to undertake is to take these very seemingly certainly in time and space, very serious classrooms, and apply the course to those topics, <laughs> to those issue, issues, and and hopefully ask Jesus for help um, eventually to see beyond them to something else, what's going on underneath at the level of the wrong mind, and then be, see beyond that, too. Um, when we talk about sin, guilt, and fear, and uh, certainly in terms of the classes we've been doing on Thursday, our resistance to looking at this underlying sin, guilt, and fear. <clears throat> because we really don't want to see what's going on. One of the ways to look at projection, when we take that sin, guilt, and fear, and we project it on the world, it is a way we resist realizing we're the ones doing it internally. And, and we're the ones that are... Um, um, making all this stuff up and then we're reacting to it as if it's being done to us <clears throat> now in time and space there's a lot of really bad stuff going on the school shootings the ukrainian war the this the that the climate change the fires the floods the you know the hurricanes etc and they're all getting worse it's always been pretty bad on the planet but now it's it's so um <clears throat> ridiculously fast how quickly we find out about these these uh, these horrible things that are happening <clears throat> and so uh, watching some of the hearings um, especially about the school shooting this week it was just you know it was like gut punches to your not just your gut but to your heart it just felt really bad watching that stuff if you were watching it from <clears throat> any any reactive kind of point of view, and it was hard not to watch that stuff from a reactionary point of view. So how do we look at it from the Course's point of view? It becomes a question. If there is, because even those classrooms, if, if we look at them honestly from the Course's point of view, they become a way of resisting, getting caught up in that drama, and Jesus is not telling us not to react. He's not telling us not to uh, get caught up in it. But to realize that reaction itself might be a form of resistance to seeing what's really going on. And so 
when we're looking at this whole sin, guilt, and fear trip underneath classrooms issues like Ukrainian war, like the shootings, um, like the families that are suffering, the little kids that were wiped out, etc. Uh, part of the sobering thing from the course's point of view, this barbell basically means you can't have a wrong mind where internally we believe we're killing innocents without projecting it onto a world where we see innocents being killed all the time. Part of the horror, I think, of the shootings um, is, is knowing there were all those armed guys in the hallway on the other side of the door as they heard innocents being killed on the other side of the door. And, the, and the, just the sheer awfulness of that. And, and, wanting, and, and then on top of that, wanting to blame somebody, <laughs> big time. And certainly in time and space, there were, there, you know, there's lots of blame to go around. <clears throat> but in a way, and it's hard to sit with this, but I think it's the way out eventually. I mean, everything becomes a metaphor, a classroom for what we're doing to ourselves. So in a sense, if... To the degree I'm reacting to those got armed men standing on the outside of the door of the classroom while the kids are being shot, it becomes, am, am I, is that what's going on in t inside of me? Am I so caught up in the world that I'm standing here and I'm not seeing the, just underneath the surface, innocence, the, the real, quote, in quotes, issue is on some level I'm destroying innocence. I'm the shooter. And at the same time, I'm the guy standing on the outside of the door, kind of ignoring it, not going in, not going in and trying to stop it. And then, so the blame gets thrown back and forth, and, and the horror of it all is that you wind up with, with um, certainly in time and space, innocence being destroyed. But Jesus is saying every time... I'm in my wrong mind, that's what I think I'm doing, and rather than looking at that, I make, we collectively make up a world where this kind of stuff's happening. So I can go, no, I'm not killing innocents internally, look what's going on in the world. So in time and space, we've got to learn how to deal appropriately, I think, with this stuff. But if we're not coming from a place of peace, all we're going to do is be, you know, the phrase Bruce Rawls used all the time, we're going to be blame throwers. We're going to be throwing blame like crazy. And there's lots of blame to go around in every issue. Every issue. Especially something like that. And so, um, part of the, uh, I was thinking of a lot of things this morning in terms of my own resistance to look at this stuff and what it really means, and then hopefully move, be able to move into this really not very nice place, like maybe I'm the one that's internally killing innocence, similar to what's going on, and I'm ignoring it. I'm resistant to looking at I'm the shooter. I'm resistant to looking at I'm the one that's so preoccupied with the world, I don't realize that just underneath of it, I'm the shooter that's killing, 
killing my own, our own eternal innocence as the Son of God. Or that's what I've got myself believing. So, I mean, you got to go run into Jesus with this stuff, because if any of this is true, we really need his help to look at it <laughs> and, and, and somehow look beyond it. Because it's really rough stuff. On a personal level, it's rough. On, on a national level, it's, it's horrific. You know, on an international scale, it's happening everywhere. The world was made as an attack on God. He wasn't kidding. The world was made as an attack on our own innocence, so we wouldn't see what was really going on underneath, the resistance to looking at that. And we've done this in the past. So this barbell here basically means everything that's going on in the world is really going on internally inside of us. We just refuse, we resist recognizing that, waking up to that. So in the past, we've, uh, we've taken this idea that the world is taking place inside of the wrong mind. Once again, that's what this little barbell, vertical barbell means. This is happening inside of here, but we don't know it. We resist realizing it because we're so caught up in what's happening here. We don't want to see what's going on underneath it all. So this whole momentum of sin, guilt, and fear, you can't have sin without guilt. You can't have guilt without fear. You can't have fear without sin. You can't have sin without guilt. You can't have fear without sin. And it just keeps going around and around and around. It's like a tornado. It's like a whirlwind. And it surrounds everything we think we're doing here, and we're totally unaware that it's going in through and around everything that's going on here. This whole momentum of sin, guilt, and fear. You might want to have your... Uh, <laughs> You might want to have your, uh, your camera on speaker view if you know how to turn it on speaker view so you can see this chart. But this is, this is basically the whole cycle of sin, guilt, and fear going on internally inside of us. And in, in that is the world. In that is the world turning. This is, you know, this is like gravitational, the, the turning of the world. <laughs> it's surrounded by this cycle of sin, guilt, and fear. There's no place where sin stops and guilt begins and fear stops and sin begins again. And you keep going round and round and round. And we don't know all this is, this entire, all these classrooms, the Ukrainian war, the, the school shootings, the climate change and the fires and the hurricanes and all the destruction and all the horrible stuff we're seeing is all happening inside this cyclone of sin, guilt, and fear. We're resistant to waking up to that. We made all this up, all these dramas in the world. This is poor little old Tim in the center with all this stuff coming at him. Politics is coming at him, having a roof over his head and all, all the uh, dealing with shelter issues all the time. Uh, cars breaking down, <laughs> catalytic converters being stolen. <laughs> others, look what others do. Look what others are doing to each other. Look at how it affects poor little old me in the middle of this, this tornado. And I don't even know this tornado is, I don't want to know this tornado is going on around me. I'm resistant to waking up and, and being willing to ask Jesus to help me see all this the way he sees it. Any of these issues, pick anyone. Personal issue, international, national issue. Don't, don't deny how we're feeling. Because at one point he says, 
you know, you, you watch something horrific like like the school shootings, and that, that gut feeling you have is just the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on in this whirlwind of sin, guilt, and fear, where you b actually believe you're the one, you're the shooter. You're killing God's son every second. And you just don't know it. And it, it's the horror of that, not to go running back to the world and, yeah, but look what they did. Look at all those guys. They were armed. They, they had vests. They didn't go into the classroom. Yeah, 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 well, that's true. But what's, what, I mean, what if that's not the real issue? Now, you, when, Jesus isn't going around saying, you got to realize your, your fault, your guilt. <laughs> However, if this is the doorway back, and we really need his help to see that, and then we start looking at our own personal issues and how, and then all the stuff we react to and both personally and on a national level. I mean, it's always comes back to this poor little old me that's being victimized by all these external things. But what if the purpose of this, all this victimization is so I don't see this tornado happening all in through and around everything that's going on? That just underneath the surface, I'm the one pushing Jesus out, out the car door. So he goes splat on the road. I'm the one pushing him away every second. Every second I push him away, is, is this what's really going on? Is this what I really believe? And then I have to focus on something in the world that I'm reacting to. So I resist waking up to that. And then... And then, as I begin to wake up to that, that's the dark night of the soul. That's the second step of forgiveness. What if I'm the one that's, that's the shooter? What if I'm the one that's, that's, that's pushing Jesus away constantly? Killing him, really. But what if I'm the one doing it? Am I willing to look at that and then realize he didn't go anywhere? I didn't kill him. He's right here right now. And he's not going anywhere. And he never went anywhere. And, and my, his essence and my essence, I begin to realize they're the same deal. Innocence is still a done deal. It's not dead. Now, that, this is a huge, in, in some sense, is a huge cosmic jump. <laughs> but this, you know, but it, the simplicity of the process is I take anything that's driving me crazy and I ask for help to see beyond it. And, I, and I'm willing to lay down my judgments for a second and then, hopefully, when I finally get to a place of peace, and I really connect with Jesus, and I realize innocence is not dead. I didn't kill it. But the world was just made as a projection of that belief that I did. Then I can return to the world and act in, in a much more sane way from, from Jesus' point of view. I'll be much more appropriate. I'll be much more peaceful. I'll be much more, if I demonstrate, if I, if I vote, it, whatever I do will be from a place of knowing, be kind, everybody's fighting a terrible battle. And the terrible battle everybody's fighting is, in any given moment, we got this whirlwind of sin, guilt, and fear going on around us, and we don't want to admit we're the ones that are believing in it, causing it, and we could just lay it down with Jesus' help. And then deal with the world appropriately. So this is, this is basically what's going on inside the wrong mind 
we're caught in the middle in a world where we see all this stuff happening and and the resistance to admitting we're caught in this wm this wrong mind in this tornado is incredible <laughs> it's gigantic he says we don't realize how resistant we are to looking at what's really happening any 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 anything so far Thoughts, reactions, fights. Bruce, go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking at that wonderful chart and uh, you know, great, great metaphors there. And I was thinking that's so many different ways to represent that, but that's certainly an excellent one. It also occurs to me that that like everything else, we've got everything inside out and backwards and and uh, as egos. And so it's really the sin, guilt, fear loop and on that diagram is really the inner shield of oblivion and the outer shield of oblivion is all the stuff in the world that seems to be, you know, pushing our buttons. And we forgot that, you know, we made all the buttons. <laughs> right. Thanks. We it's start watching stranger things again, you know, and it's all about this inner world. It's upside down. They call it the upside down <laughs> where things are, are, I mean, it's like dark night of the soul is, is a great depiction of the wrong mind, this upside down. <laughs> And there's monsters in there and there's terrible things happening. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. This, I mean, we got it all flipped upside down. The, the other thought that came to mind as you were discussing that, you know, two of the prominent, you know, world events is like the, the, the deeper challenges for all of us to realize that we, we never could, all of us ever leave uh, love. We, we can't leave the creator. We, but we all have bought into that so deeply and so thoroughly that that the things that seem to happen on the inner or outer wheels, you know, just you know, gut wrenching, grab our attention, and and uh, <laughs> but but there's there's always that <clears throat> option in the mind to say, well, what what if that love that we thought we had forsaken that never happened? Yeah, and it's here right now, and it will. It does. He does. Jesus does. Help us look at it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Sally. <clears throat> I think it's uh, profound uh, <clears throat> that you remind us that we are the shooters and we are the people behind the wall. Uh, I mean, that is that is within us. Um, we're projecting on them. They're the guilty ones. It's, just, it's projection loud and clear. And uh, thank you for pointing that out. I, I was wondering what was wrong with them. Now I know it's me. <laughs> Darn you, Tim. <laughs> thank you. That, that's, that's brilliant. Darn, darn that Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Abe. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, earlier you mentioned the... The, you describe the image of the you know innocents being killed inside the classroom while while the uh, people with guns were outside of the classroom and you know and I, I I could really connect with that and then started thinking some more you know so there's innocence in the classroom even the even innocence that is holding the gun firing the bullets as well as innocence outside of the classroom thinking about whether to go in or not so there's innocence everywhere but we selectively choose which innocence which we want to see mm -hmm. and that's the problem right Great. yeah and if innocence is dead in one son of god it's dead in all of us if i if i destroyed innocence in one son of god 
I blame somebody. I say you're not the son of God, then I'm saying, you know, innocence in you is dead. That's the problem with this. I, I become the victimizer. Yeah, in time and space, yeah, yeah, people get victimized all the time. However, <laughs> if in, internally, you know, what's really going on is on some level I'm the shooter, then I'm always victimizing everybody. I'm saying you're not the son of God, but I'm insisting I'm not either. Yeah, thanks, Abe. Lynn, Corona. Yeah, in, in watching um, some of the videos, certainly not all, um, I, I watched... Um, the Matthew McConaughey, I don't know how many of you have seen that, but it's really worth seeing, I think, um, because he took, um, he interviewed some of the families that uh, lost, um, you know, a child in, in the horror. And I was so moved and taken by how many of them went to the livingness of the child, that innocence wasn't dead, that the innocence that they saw in, in their child and the, the story they told about um, the work that their individual children were doing on different levels, that things with that were meaningful to them. And, um, you know, there was that sense of it carrying on, the truth carrying on, and what they chose to see and preferred to see was that innocence wasn't murdered, but life went on and innocence went on. It was really a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's, you know, it's like the resurrection. They were choose, choosing, choosing to see their child was living on as opposed to because the body was murdered it was it was killed and innocence as tim is pointing out was killed thank thank you thanks for giving me time to share that i think it's was a very important perspective for me to see and and it always goes yeah and and um it always goes back to it it's great if the families can see it that way but it's even better if I'm willing to go there. <laughs> you know, I, I need to ask for help to go there too. <laughs> I need to, I, I really need help to go there too. So yeah, thanks, thanks Lynn. Yeah, Lynn Allman, please. Thank you, yeah, I, um, I'm thinking about stories and the story that I wanna tell about anything that I think I'm seeing. And the purpose of the story is either to perpetuate the idea of separation or it's to deny it and, and choose to see what might lie beneath it. And um, it's always very hard for me to watch these things in real time because it's real clear to me that having decided to wake up, the world is going to do nothing but present me with all of the horrors that I have believed in for so long, you know, so it's really hard for me in real time to look closely at those things. I prefer to, to sort of step back, but it occurs to me now that if I looking at it from that perspective of what, what is the story that I want to tell? What is the story that I want to hear? 
what's the story I want to teach, that that really brings back, brings me back to my mind and to the decision maker and the power of my mind to, to choose Jesus um, as my mentor and guide in learning about what the real story is. Um, you know, it's, it's been, we've talked a lot about being afraid of the redemption and it's occurring to me that I'm only afraid of the redemption because I don't know what it is. And if I'm willing to let go of the story that I've insisted is real, I might find that there is another way of looking that is completely different from what I thought. And I, I just, I feel like the, the sense of fear is lifting a little bit to think that, oh, you know, maybe there is another way of looking where I won't feel afraid. And, and so I'm, I'm still, I don't know whether I'm gonna watch those hearings or not, but for the first time, I think there is a way that I could, that would help me see my story more clearly and really look at whether I want to hang on to it or or not. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah, I was thinking about the way Jesus reinterprets his his biblical story, especially um, in chapter three, we've been looking at what is, what is real innocence? Where where is real innocence? On Sundays we've been going through chapter three, talking about innocence a lot. And then talking about how we built a whole major religion about taking the most innocent being of all and hanging him on a cross. The sacrifice of Jesus himself. And he takes that story and just blows it apart in, in chapter 6. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. This is not about my crucifixion. This is about my resurrection. This is about waking up, resurrection as in waking up, to realizing innocence can't be killed. Our innocence is one son of God internally and, you know, however it moves through this, this seeming uh, drama, it, it can't be affected by it. It's invulnerable. And that's one of the big messages, I think, of chapter three is that innocence is intact, it's invulnerable, and it's always going to be there. And we have access to it. And we can use our story and Jesus's story to get there if we ask Jesus for help. Any story will work. The story of Vivaldi, the story of the Ukrainian war, the story, my story, your story. If I let Jesus reinterpret those stories, he'll show me what's really going on underneath it all, in through and around it all. Yeah, thanks, Lynn, yeah. Sally? I've always hated the word sin. <laughs> so I, uh looked it up, um, I guess it was, I don't know, a couple days ago on, in Ken's um, glossary. And then he refers us to uh, the preface. And uh, uh, Jesus uh, says, sin is defined as a lack of love. Since love is all there is, sin is the sight of the Holy Sin. Sin in the sight of the Holy Spirit is a mistake to be corrected rather than an evil to be punished. So um, I, you know, I know the, the, the course has said sin is an error, but but lack of love, you know, um, that's that's big. That that's what what happened when we left when we left uh, 
God of the separation. We left him for a lack of love. And that's what we do, what we're doing and what we're seeing acted out in the world for what, for what it's worth anyway. Thank you. Yeah. We were, we were looking at sin yesterday, um, especially in terms of lesson 43 says, God is my source. I can't even do anything or see anything apart from him in truth. However, if I believe in a lack of love, if I believe in sin, sin becomes my source. And then, hell yeah, I can see all kinds of things apart from God, which is what all this mess is about. <laughs> I think this is all real and this is what I see. This is what, if my source is sin, this is really happening. Let's look at uh, today's lesson. He even says that. <laughs> uh, page 302 in the workbook. And uh, so paragraph four, you know, it always helps to remind myself that sin, guilt, and fear are, are all really synonymous. They're all the same deal. You can't have one without the other. You can't have sin, fear without sin and then guilt and then blah, 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 and it's on and on and on. You can't have one. So if I focus on any one of those things and I pull the rug on it, whether it's, it's from the perspective of guilt or sin or fear, it pulls the rug on the whole thing. Which is what he's doing here. He's pulling it, pulling the rug on fear. I am at home. Fear is the stranger here. Lesson 160, today's lesson, page 302 in the workbook. And he says, paragraph 4, line 8, and if fear is real, if sin is real, then guess what? You don't exist at all. <laughs> this is all made up. And you don't, it's just all made up. You don't even exist. I mean, Bam, bam, bam. And he's really like nailing it in this, in this lesson. This is what sin, guilt, and fear do. Put whatever word you want to use in there. Paragraph four, who is, who is the stranger? And he's talking about, we've made ourselves strangers to heaven. We, we believe we could actually step outside of heaven and become a, the tiny mad idea that I could be a stranger to heaven. The tiny mad idea that I could actually Believe that I could lack love and experience of love. Who is this stranger? Is it fear or is it your true self? Is, is fear the one that's strange? I mean, strange in the sense of stranger things. I mean, it's a pretty strange thing that we made up this story of sin, guilt, and fear. They're really strange things. Who's the stranger here in truth? Is it fear or is it my true self? who were unsuited to the home, heaven, which God provided for his son. Is fear God's own? Could, could God make up something like fear, like separation, like a lack of love? Well, no, I mean, even logically, obviously not. Is fear his own created in his likeness? Is it fear that love completes and is completed by? There is no home that can shelter both love and fear. There is no home that can shelter both love and fear. In, in heaven, there is no fear. The tiny mad idea of sin, the tiny mad idea that I could have guilt, the tiny mad idea that I could be afraid of heaven. How preposterous is that? The tiny mad idea that I could be a stranger to heaven. 
They cannot coexist. Line seven, if you are real, then fear must be illusion. And if fear is real, then you just don't exist at all. Oh, great. <laughs> well, that's sort of good news if all this is made up. This you, this identity as a stranger is all made up. It just doesn't exist. It has had no effect at all. And we really need Jesus' help. When all this craziness, when this proverbial crap hits the fan, and we might do something like watch a hearing tonight, we really need his help to look at that and see it the way he does. I do anyway. <laughs> if you can do it, <laughs> great. <laughs> More power to you. But I need help looking at it. I need help looking at the school shootings. I need help looking at all the fires and the hurricanes and the climate change and everything else that's happening. And look at Jerry. He's in the woods. <laughs> he knows how to live. He's out there just loving nature. How is it, Jerry? Where are you, anyway? Uh, I'm in a redwood forest. Oh, my God. Woods of the woods. <laughs> but I'll tell you, this stuff is so overwhelming. I'm listening to you and... and you know, I recognize all the forces that are operating outside myself. But what you're suggesting is it's really inside myself, that this is where it's all taking place. But I get real confused as to what I want to do with the hearings. I mean, I can listen. And what it becomes for me is blaming the other person for what's taking place in this world which is nothing more than a distraction in many ways. So I wrestle with, do I really want to watch it or not? And if it's all crazy and illusory, why do I watch it? <laughs> uh, if you could answer that for me, I'd really appreciate it. So uh, so if I'm, if I'm resisting looking at what's really going on, that there really is this uh, whirlwind of awfulness happening, kind of spinning the world. It's the reason the world turns. The world turns because of this whirlwind of sin, guilt, and fear, and the world with all its terrible stuff does. If I, if I don't want to look at it from a victim mentality that the world is doing all these terrible things to me, which I'll have to do if I'm in ego mode. If I'm resisting realizing the whole world is within this centrifugal mess of sin, guilt, and fear, if I don't realize that, I'll have to blame the world for the way I'm feeling. And it doesn't matter who I pick. I mean, if you're on one side of the political fence, the Proud Boys might look like the good guys. If you're on another side of the political fence, they might look like the bad guys. So I can take the Proud Boys, if, if I'm depending on how I'm seeing them, and ask Jesus to help me see each one of them that I can picture in my mind's eye the way he does. Or if I'm on the other side of the political fence, I can ask Jesus to help me see the January 6th commission, each one of them one at a time the way he does. Liz Cheney and all of them. Or I can do them all. I can do the Proud Boys. I can do both sides of the fence. <laughs> this is an equal opportunity forgiveness lesson. Because <laughs> just underneath the surface, if I'm blaming one side, I have to be blaming the other. 
So just pick any of them in this scenario and go into it a little prayed up ahead of time. Jesus, help me see whatever his face, leader of the Proud Boys, the way you do. Help me see Liz Cheney the way you do. Help me see everybody on that committee the way you do. And so it becomes a classroom, hopefully ahead of time, but certainly after the fact too, if I, if I get crazy and when I get crazy and when I get crazy again, it becomes a classroom to help me. Once again, I can take each one of those individuals and use them as a doorway back. Does that make any sense, Jer? Oh, you don't even want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> You're on mute. <laughs> unmute. Am I unmuted? Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, do I want to hear you? <laughs> it all makes sense. And there's any one of those forces that I can identify with. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm hesitant to get into the blame game. And maybe I'm already there and just don't know it. But um, I've always been able to identify with people who perpetrate, perpetrate crimes for some reason. I've always, uh, I've always There's a reason for that. With, say what? There's a reason for that. <laughs> I mean, if we're all shooters internally, then of course we're going to, on some level, identify with you know, you know. I don't know what to say. I, I. So I mean, I mean, it just. I mean, Jesus is always just like try it. I mean, you know, like ask me to help you to pray for one of these guys you got a problem with. I mean, obviously you'll you'll have a problem with them whether you want to whether you watch it or not. If we're in ego mode, we got a problem with everybody. It doesn't matter who we pick. Just pick one of them. <laughs> Just try it. Pick one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, pick pick the leader of the Proud Boys and then pick me, me too. I mean, just, I mean, everybody, this is, this is equal opportunity from the ego's point of view, but it's also equal opportunity um, from the Holy Spirit's point of view. We can pick anybody. You know, when the uh, guys in Michigan wanted to kidnap the governor, uh, I found that just terrible. And then after I stopped that, after I stopped with that being so angry and whatever the case might be, I'm really curious as to who they are. And, and I become fascinated with, with understanding as to what, what these guys are about. Uh, I don't think it takes them off the hook that I become understanding, but it's 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 just so big. So when you uh, try to understand them, you include Jesus in the picture, or you just try to figure it out. That's a that's a really good question because I I have a tendency to kind of push Jesus aside periodically. Uh, so <laughs> that that's good. Maybe it's more than periodically, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
I really resist going there lots of times. So, so it's a it's a great question, and you you always remind me <laughs> that Jesus is in the Jesus is in the uh, the picture, so to speak, or not, right? Or not, yeah. and Jesus always reminds me, so I'm just passing it along. <laughs> yeah, well, I always want to include him, but I don't always know what he's talking about. Well, that's all right. You don't have, you don't have to believe him even. Just include him. <laughs> He's a nice guy either way. There's no reason to leave him out. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is good. I agree. <laughs> yeah, right. I think, thank, thanks, Jerry. I think, Bruce, did you have something? Were you waving before Rawls? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about the, you know, the, if you leave one part of the sunship out, you leave everyone out. So, it, and conversely, if we, I think the Course reminds us, if we forgive one seeming aspect part completely, we've forgiven the whole sunship as well so it just keeps coming back to that pure non-dual metaphysics of the course if any any little bit of the we they thinking um divides you know or seems to divide perfect oneness yeah it's, and it's just a, a silly forgivable thought ultimately but we have to work through all the specifics that each of our indi highly individualized classrooms present to us yeah thanks yeah thanks yeah so yeah, the good news is we can just take any any single part of that classroom, and uh, and eventually we'll get to the whole big picture. <laughs> In fact, it'd be too overwhelming to take on the whole big picture. Just take on little bits one at a time, that open the doorway back to the big the big the big classroom, right? Yeah, a Lynn Alm and then Lynn Corona. Yeah, I I just come back to the idea of purpose and. What is my purpose in whatever choice I, I make in interpretation? Am I, do I like that stirred up feeling I have? Do I like feeling disconnected? And, you know, um, do I like to blame? Do I, what, what, it, what am I seeking to get out of this experience? And, and once I am honest with myself about that, it becomes really clear about whether I'm going to include Jesus or, you know, go to the Holy Spirit, go back to my mind. And I, it's, it's interesting for years and years and years, I, I thrived on that turmoil within. If my gut was being wrenched, man, I loved it, you know, because I could determine what was right and what was wrong. And that made me somebody. And now it's like that, that feeling that even the slightest twinge of annoyance is becoming so unsettling to me. And I have a way now. It's like, I, I guess I'm, it's like the scales are tipping or something so that it's sort of like, well, I don't have to stay there. There is a way God is. And, and so I can, I don't, you know, I, I may be scared to let God in, but I can at least be heading toward the direction that I really would rather see peace instead of this. I can't believe I'm saying this actually. Honest <laughs> <laughs> to God, that started to be <laughs> That's good. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. Lynn Corona. And then Abe. Yeah. Along along with what Lynn was saying, um, you know, the real question is 
my purpose and and do I want peace? Do I want the peace of God? And the course gives us a, a test. And it says the um, the test of of anything is uh, whether uh, you come to a place of peace. If if watching the um, uh, the hearings tonight or watching um, the reports that are uh, coming and that we're seeing around uh, the Vivaldi uh, shootings. If watching those at the end of it has brought me peace because I've looked at myself and I've looked at my reactions as Tim was pointing out and I've brought my reactions to the light instead of hiding them. I brought my feelings of sin and fear and my lack of love. Have That, I, that was so profound. I, I, someone shared it, um, uh, Sally shared it, that you know, sin is a lack of love. And if I start thinking uh, instead of the word sin, which doesn't have a lot of punch for me, but if I start asking, you know, this is a lack of love. Is this a lack of love? It's either love or fear. And um, it becomes much more meaningful for me in my process is the idea that, oh, this is, this is a lack of love and it's, it's coming from me. Um, so I think that the, the test to, to um, uh, Jerry sharing, Jerry, if you if you choose to watch, and you use it as your classroom, and you're you're bringing the feelings out into the open instead of projecting them, and bringing them to the Holy Spirit or Jesus with a willingness to say, I, I I'm willing to let go of this feeling. I don't want it anymore. I don't want the lack of love. I don't want the hurt. I don't want to believe that I've killed innocent or, you know, I, this is, I'm sincerely giving that over in the watching, then I'm going to possibly walk away from that experience, having a deep experience of peace. And that's the only way we can be truly helpful in this world is to begin to foster that peace within ourselves. You know, the, the, the song that people sang at every church service, let there be peace in the world and let it begin with me. And it's the only way it's going to work. And it's the only way um, watching anything is useful. And if I come away feeling worse or feeling um, pumped up, Maybe it's because I'm attracted to it. Maybe it's because I really get off on seeing the suffering out there, even though I don't want to admit it. But if I don't come away with peace, then I probably came away with the opposite. And so, you know, there's so much now that we are being exposed to day in and day out. And this is how we can really use it to accelerate our, our, our learning. So thanks for that very important question. 
and and thank you for the opportunity to ask myself you know what what's jerry asking what am i asking he's asking it for me and um it was really helpful to ask for to see it how you know how i could see it in a helpful way thank you and on the other hand, I mean, if you want to blame somebody, I mean, if we're watching this to blame somebody, don't ask Jesus for help. I mean, that'd be stupid. He loves everybody. He's not going to blame everybody. Anybody. If I'm trying to figure out why why these guys are killers and why they do what they do, don't ask Jesus for help. He's gonna. He loves everybody. He knows that that murder isn't real, and you know, it's like it's like whatever reasons they thought they had to kill somebody, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because I mean, he's going to tell us the same thing. I mean, there's a reason we don't ask Jesus for help. We don't want to hear him tell us everybody's still okay. We want to blame somebody. We want to figure it out ourselves. I mean, I, I didn't just accidentally leave him out. I resisted including him because he's going to show me exactly what I don't want to see. Nobody's to blame. The reasons all the family of origin craziness, it, it doesn't matter. We're still all the son of God. All the craziness I've done, it still doesn't matter. I'm still the son of God. I think Abe had something then, uh, Bruce Rolls. Yeah, uh, Lynn Oldman pointed out that, uh, you know, uh, she's becoming increasingly aware of when she's in a state of fear and, uh, you know, even smaller amounts of fears, you know, you become aware of them. And I, I think I'm there also. And what I'm also observing is that most of the time when I am aware that I'm in, in a state of fear, that induces more fear. I say, oh, you know, shoot, bad stuff is going to happen because now I recognize I'm in a state of fear and that is not a good thing. So it, it is because I'm still, I'm still keeping Jesus out. I'm still looking at it, you know, from a, with the eyes of fear, looking at fear, and that doesn't help. That just increases fear, right? Uh, so it, but it, it's a trap I fall often into because I just like most other folks are pointing out, we just we just push Jesus out of the way and say, I want to do it on my own. Yeah. Je Jesus is a problem if I'm looking for trouble. <laughs> I'm not going to find it. I'm not going to be able to figure it out, <laughs> where it came from, how to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Abe. Uh, Bruce Rawls. Yeah. The, the um, couple of thoughts. One one is when I first started working in the television industry about 1984, I remember some of the people I work with were talking about the news media and and the phrase I heard was, if it bleeds, it leads, meaning that's the first, that's the headline. You know, basically, which when the more I think about it, the more it's like over the years, it's like that's the egos wanting to find uh, an external culprit. Um, e even if it's, you know, horrific, it's like, well, oh, see, that's that's not my problem. And there's, you know, we, we keep projecting the, the sin, guilt, fear outside. And then it occurs to me that, that you know, oftentimes when I catch a glimpse of the news, if I'm not watching my mind carefully or even you know well when i'm watching my mind carefully i sometimes the first thing that crosses is well gee uh, you know I'm, I'm using gratitude to destroy it's like i i'm glad that's not me or anyone i know that's in that headline and uh you know there's this the comparative thing instead of realizing well wait a minute we're all kin here we're all siblings in this one sonship yeah thanks 
Yeah, I, it was so um, blatantly obvious when Ukraine fell out of the news when the shootings happened. It wasn't just if it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds closer to home, this will lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But once again, I got to blame somebody. If I'm in ego mode, I got to blame somebody. And the closer, the better. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Maurice? Well, if I disappear, I'm having trouble with internet today. But I, uh, it, all of these worldwide events have come to me lately as making me realize we're one mind, that we're all in this together. And so it's my opportunity to choose peace. And I know that if we're one mind, this one little seemingly itty bitty part of it, me, can help change all of it by choosing peace and um i i i'm really grateful because well for me i can't uh be in the place of standing in the middle of it or watching it and, and hold that peace that's my choice i can't do that uh, but um i guess I'm, I'm willing to do anything and everything to be at peace if that means i don't tune in to the news about it all. <laughs> it just means I'm, I can't. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the way, the way I personally approach it is, am I, am I willing to ask Jesus for help in this? I mean, that's what, am I willing to go that far? I mean, that's like, <laughs> that's the big line. If I don't cross that line, if I'm not willing to ask Jesus for help, it doesn't matter whether I watch it or not, I'm still going to be crazy. If I, it doesn't matter whether I watch it or not, I still am going to have to blame somebody for something. It'll, it'll still be something. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Reese. Sally? Well, I just, <clears throat> I think Reese gave me the idea. I mean, I have to watch it. I mean, because, because my ego has to know. <laughs> I have to know. So I'm going to put a votive in front of my TV and light it. And to remind me that I, I can see light instead of this, and try and and um, use that as as the little reminder that uh, while I may be enjoying this because I want those people punished, uh, I it's me I'm punishing myself. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's good, Sally. I'm gonna put on my Course in Miracles dog collar, and every time I wander into the ego and start blaming somebody, it's gonna jolt me right back. <laughs> <laughs> They're cheap too, Erica. If you want to buy one, we, we, they sell them wholesale. Oh, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Anybody else? Anything? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Lisa. That <laughs> was that Bruce. That was classic. <laughs> oh f. Bruce, you're a, you were on mute when you said OF. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Lisa Roberts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm good. having, I'm having a little bit of a problem this morning. <laughs> oh, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been tough lately. <laughs> Just getting up, getting around, I know. Yeah, soon it'll be over. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, yeah we keep saying that. 
<laughs> yeah, I usually fall into the trap of uh, uh, of uh, trying to pick out the who's guilty and, and who's innocent, and um, playing the pseudo innocence game, saying, "Well, you know, uh, he can be innocent and he can be guilty, but uh, uh, I'm innocent because I'm I'm not part of it." You know, well, all the while my projection. Um, I see myself. Um, uh, I should. Uh, I take. I should take Jesus along with me, and uh, look with him, and understand that uh, total innocence is including yourself with the guilty and the innocent, and understanding that we all face that same hard battle. And trying to uh, find peace in that. Yeah, and, uh, that's good. That's better than O F. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> is, uh are the worst. After, yeah, I'll be okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bruce, Lisa Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was kind of undecided if I was going to say anything, um, but Orris was very brave, and just so uh, I thought I'd speak up. Uh, you, you know, having been a police officer, I've seen murders, uh, uh, car wrecks where people died, uh, plane crash where people burned inside. Uh, headless people under vehicles. I mean, guns leveled on me. Do I really need to watch these events, either of the Uvalde shootings or the riots on the 6th? I mean, it's taken a lot of years uh, working with this course to come to a place of peace uh, with, for myself. And, you know, it, I just, I don't understand why people would want to, uh, watch all these horrific events, even the war in Ukraine, they show some pretty horrible things. Um, unless it's, uh, you know, I can think egos want to find someone guilty. Uh, you know, they want to be able to identify with, with, um, you know, the guilty party and say, well, it's not me. And, you know, for myself, I don't need to watch that. Uh, I've, I've been down that road. I've seen it. Um, for me, I want to be peaceful. I like what Sally said about lighting a votive candle uh, to remind yourself uh, of the light. And, um you know, I remember hearing Watnick say on his uh, CD, the CD is called Looking with Jesus. Someone asked him if he watched the news and he said, no, I don't. And and I think that's a good stance. And, and you know, I'll, I do watch the weather, <laughs> but I, most of the time I don't watch the news. I just not interested in that aspect. Um and I have enough things in this world, uh, like the clerks at Lowe's, <laughs> that 
will uh, that I have to work through uh, my forgiveness opportunities. Um, and so I don't really need to watch these horrific events on TV to, uh, you know, for any additional forgiveness opportunities. Um, so th that was my only comment on that. And um, thank you very much for listening. Hey, thanks, Lisa. Uh, you remind me of chapter 18, the section, I think it's in there. I need do nothing. I need, I need not to watch it. And I need not to, or, or I, I need to watch it, or I need not to watch it. I mean, either one's, if I need to do either one, there's something going on. And that's what I got to look at. And hopefully what I need to do, if there is a need at all, I need to ask Jesus to help me look at what I think I need to do. Whether I need to watch it or I need not to watch it. I mean, there, there's, you know, like there's something going on there that says there's a lack of something and I need not to watch it. There's a lack of something and I need to watch it. So, yeah. If there's any need, it's like I really just need to ask Jesus for help here <laughs> to look at it the way he does. Yeah. Thanks, Lisa. Myra. Well, I don't know my own best interest. And I don't know that of anyone else. And I all know everything is a lesson that we all learn in our own inner journey, on our own way, in our own tempo, and the way it's supposed to be. Uh, what I would like to share a few sentences, if that may, something that has helped me in my journey ever since that happened with the World Trade Center. The Holy Spirit gave this to me, and I've been working on it all these years, and it's really helped. It's on page 325 in the textbook. 325 is in the part, the time of rebirth, and it's um, the, the, the parts four and five. If I just read from paragraph four, sentence four, and a little bit of number five, um, this really helped me to generalize and to learn it's never about the form. So, um, for though the ego takes many forms, it is always the same idea. What is not love is always fear and nothing else. It is not necessary to follow fear through all the circuitous routes by which it burrows underground and hides in darkness to emerge in forms quite different from what it is. Yet, it is necessary to examine each one as long as you would retain the principle that governs all of them. But when you are willing to regard them not as separate, but as different manifestations of the same idea and one you do not want, they all go together. And I have been grateful for this paragraph uh, each time in my own journey, when there was something, uh, my, my point is always forms of aggression. And when I see something very aggressive, that, oh, I need to read my favorite paragraph again. And then I would know right away, okay, it's me. I can call the projection right back. I can lay the projection on the altar and hand it over to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we look at it. And we look at it until I feel through my whole body softness and peace 
And I said, okay, now we really looked. Thank you. And this has helped me in the past 20 years to generalize, and it's never about the form. Thank you. I wanted to share that. That's good. Thanks. Thanks, Myra. Well, yeah. what, what was that uh, page and paragraph? 325. It's in uh, chapter 15, section 10, and in paragraph 4 and 5. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Memorize it. <laughs> like Myra did. Actually, memorize the whole book. <laughs> and then try to resist remembering it. <laughs> Go ahead, Lisa. I like Liz Cheney. <laughs> you mentioned Liz Cheney before. I'm a Republican and I like Liz Cheney. So there you go. But I'm not a Trumper. I'm not a Trumpster. God, even Democrats like Liz Cheney's these days. <laughs> go figure that. <laughs> Five years ago, that would have been a moral sin. <laughs> so, yeah, things come and go, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Alrighty, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, unwind here a little bit and look a little bit more at today's lesson, I think. Back to lesson 160. Um, okay, paragraph seven, I'm on page 303 in the workbook. Who is the stranger here? You know, is it my ego self that's a stranger or is it my true self? Is he not the one yourself calls not? It, referring to the ego, I think. Is he the ego, the one, not the one yourself calls not? You aren't. You're able now to recognize the stranger in your midst, for you have given him your rightful place. Meaning this ego identity, this, this state of fear that we got ourselves into. Yet, is yourself as certain of its own, meaning you and me and our true identity, is yourself as certain of its own as God is of his own son? God cannot be confused about creation. God is sure of what belongs to him. No stranger, no stranger can be interposed between God's knowledge and his son's reality. Your reality, my reality. The shooter's reality, the kids he shot. And Jesus knows that. And he'll help show us that. God does not know of strangers. Jesus does not know of strangers. God is certain of his son. Paragraph 8. God's certainty suffices. It works. It's the only thing that suffices. <laughs> it's the only certainty there is. His awareness of who, we, who and what we truly are. Who he knows to be his son belongs where he has set his son forever. God has answered you who ask, who is the stranger? Hear the Holy Spirit's voice assure you quietly and sure that you are not, you're not a stranger to your father, nor is your father, your creator, stranger to you. Whom God has joined will remain forever one, at home in him, no stranger to himself. Any comments or closing thoughts on anything so far? 
So, whether you watch tonight or not, <laughs> remember these next two paragraphs. <laughs> whether you feel a need to watch or a need not to watch, <laughs> work on that need. Ask Jesus to help you look at that need. <laughs> and then just do whatever you're going to do. Or watch it and just, or don't watch it and then forgive yourself later. I mean, there's always opportunities and there'll be many more. So don't worry about that. We'll have lots of chances. Jesus is very patient. He doesn't go anywhere. He's not the stranger. We try to make ourselves strange to him, but he's, you know, he's not a stranger thing. We actually know him pretty well. So Lynn Corona, you want to read paragraph 9 and 10, and we'll get quiet for a little bit. Sure. Today, we offer thanks that Christ has come to search the world for what belongs to him. His vision sees no strangers, but beholds his own and joyously unites with them. They see him as a stranger, for they do not recognize themselves. Yet as they give him welcome, they remember. And he leads them gently home again where they belong. Not one does Christ forget. Not one he fails to give you to remember that your home may be complete and perfect as it was established. He has not forgotten you, but you will not remember him until you look on all as he does. Who denies his brother is denying him and thus refusing to accept the gift of sight by which his self is clearly recognized, his home remembered and salvation come. Thanks, we'll get quiet for a little bit.
Maybe we'll just sit here quietly till the hearing starts and <laughs> and I'll forget it's even happening. <laughs> we're, we're we're clawing our way up the ladder. I mean, that's what it kind of feels like. To me. I'm gonna get there. God damn it! <laughs> now you sound like Bruce Brinkman. <laughs> I just want to say I'm truly sorry. <laughs> Oh, forget it. Forget it. Men of men of us never ever use the word Bruce, no, so I don't feel bad. Never, never. I'm sorry. Oh, you can be sorry, but we loved it. Thank you, Tim. That was that was profound and the perfect Thank setup you. for to, yeah. for tonight. Thanks, everybody. Really good. Oh, thanks. thanks. Um, that was great. Thank you, team. Thank you. Thank you to Thank everybody. You. So good to see everybody. <laughs> Peace.